Hi, this is Lachlan Giles, and you're listening to Inside Position, which will soon be known as Outside Position. Sacrifices. You've got to make sacrifices for your team. To answer your question. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Inside Position with me, Tom Halpin. We're back today for part two with a conversation I had recently with ADCC medalist Lachlan Giles. While I was putting together this episode as well, I had a look back at Lachlan's matches from that ADCC tournament, and I'd actually forgotten how epic they were. I'd recommend anyone go back and have a look at them. You won't regret it. We touch a bit on that performance later in the episode, but we kicked off the conversation talking about performance-enhancing drugs in the sport, and especially Lachlan's role as a coach, how he deals with young up-and-comers who might be tempted to go down that route. As usual, if you enjoy the episode, don't forget to share it with your friends. Here we go with part two of a conversation with Lachlan Giles. How do you guide people to have the the right influences in the sport when it can be tricky at times with that? To try to like dissuade someone from that, I think you'd probably have to get into this. I mean, I really think you need to change the psychology to, to think that it's cheating. I mean, because that's how, for me, that's how I... That's the problem. I view it. I view, I'm like, well, uh, well, two reasons. But personally, why I wouldn't do it and one is because i think it's cheating and like i just think like if i did that and and i achieved anything i wouldn't really deserve that that's how i would feel i would feel like i didn't actually deserve that that accomplishment and then there's the health side of it you know like, to be honest i'm not like particularly well read on that i've never like really uh sat down and read studies on what the the side effects are but i'm not really interested in taking it so i'm not I'm not really that interested in reading into that, but from what I understand, it's not the best thing for your body. And to try to dissuade people, I think the, the key is I, I I don't like when people say that everyone's on it. I really, I actually think that's probably the worst thing you can say because it's kind of implying that that's the only way to to do well, which I just know is not the case. And you know, I actually think less people are on it than I think less of the top guys are on it than at least in the Maybe in the lighter, lighter, the lighter weight divisions, I think there's less of them taking it than than people actually think. I'm not. Uh, I think there's some of the bigger guys <laughs> a bit more, <laughs> a bit more suspect. But um, yeah, and I've never, after all, I've fought and and lost against like some of the best guys in my division. I mean, I'll, I'll say like that, you know, your you JTs and your Lucas Lepres and so on, and never did I walk away from those fights going, oh, geez, they're like were too physically imposing on me to deal with, you know. But, I mean, like, like JT pushes a high, a high pace. There's no doubt about that. But I, I didn't feel like there was anything un, that couldn't be naturally um, achieved. Like, to me, and it was you feel just, like you could beat him with better technique. natural as well. Yeah, yeah. I just felt like if I had better technique, I would have won. Obviously, physical attributes play a huge role. Like, that's, But there's still, I've still never lost a match where I, where I couldn't have just made a technical adjustment at the at a crucial point where that uh, what have, what resulted then wouldn't have happened. There's always a technical solution, and and telling people to just focus on like you know long term. You don't going. I I think it's you're much better off aiming for like five ten years in the future where you want to be. Don't try to be the you know unless you're like okay you're in you're thirty you've got like a year to be your best. You you might want to do like as much hard training as, as you can. I definitely don't think, not saying do uh, anything illegal there, but, but uh, like I said, like that might be a time to go, okay, I'm going to like risk 
you know, injury in my training methods and so on because this is my last year to give it a good go. So I'll push it a bit harder if, if that's what your your goal is. But if you're young, if you're 20, just like focus on long-term improvements, look after your health and yeah. It seems like having the wrong focus, it would be more beneficial to focus on technical mastery instead of getting big and strong and just running your body into the ground. But I find the hardest thing for me is that because it's so prevalent and there's almost like besides the health there's not too many you're not going to get punished in the sport for it there's no testing so i found it hard that i actually have to have honest conversations with myself of do i want to do it and i don't want to i don't want to even have that conversation but the fact that it's made me have to think about it and not consider it but weigh up the pros and cons is is also annoying to me you know yeah, there's an issue. I mean, the I, I feel like the I'd I'd like to see the um the organisations take a, a a tough stance on it. Unfortunately, it's I generally think it would probably be a bad idea if like they pushed for the Olympics for for grappling and 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 jujitsu. Like, I don't think it would. I think that'd probably change the sport too much, and it would it kind of get it end up looking totally different. But the one benefit would probably be you know the drug testing, which. Obviously, it wouldn't eliminate, but I think at least having a, you know, like in most sports, if you get caught, you're like, you know, like you're kind of, no one likes you anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like there's a bad. You're shunned. Yeah. You're shunned yeah. from the community and it's like, yeah, people get caught in jujitsu and they're just like, you know, they're like, oh yeah, that's, you know, that's yeah, what like, they oh, do. Of course. Yeah. It is what it is, I suppose. But then getting on to physio and injuries and rehab and those kind of things i was wondering what influenced you to go into studying physio and maybe some rehab tips as well that you could give to people or general guidelines for healthy knees maybe i got into it i think i i had a very different idea of what physiotherapy was i think that's why i got into it i i got an i think i had like a arm injury when i was like 15 from from jiu-jitsu i injured my elbow or something and saw a physiotherapist and I was like, oh, seems like a good job. You work with sports people and treat sports injuries. And then when I, so I was like, I managed to do pretty well at school and got into physiotherapy course. And then I realized it's mostly treating old people with, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, the old people with sore backs who are, you know, uh, yeah, it's like very, a very different, um, feel to what you thought and and you know there's other factions of physio which are totally different as well but um uh you know like newer newer re stroke rehabilitation and you know cardiopulmonary issues um so most of the actual work there's that but i managed to get into a private practice where you kind of see a, a wide range of of injuries and you know worked for a couple of uh football local australian football teams and we call it soccer but I guess you'd call it football. Uh, football team. Um, I was I was always like into sports. I eventually one thing that really interested me was there's there's kind of a, a strong focus in, in physio now on what's called evidence based practice, which is just making sure that what you're doing is like you know there's different ways that people treat, and a lot of it's just kind of um, just what people think. You know, they're like, oh, I think, you know, I think this treatment will work really well or that, you know, and, and people have like strong opinions about things that are actually often when you actually do the research and, and study them, you're like, actually, that's no more effective than not doing anything. And people will still have strong opinions about it. So, so it's kind of a very interesting 
topic for me was was just the evidence based practice and and trying to um, make sure that what I was doing was actually supported by research. Which there's not a lot of that in physio, but there's you know it's a, certainly a growing field, and we've got a pretty good idea of generally that like exercise is beneficial. Uh, so that that got me interested in actually doing some research because I thought there wasn't enough out there, and I enjoyed that that side of it. So that's where that's when I did my PhD. Um, I find it fascinating, but I don't love clinical work. I don't, I don't enjoy as much having someone in front of me that I have to treat. I prefer just like the the theory behind it, and the, I find that really interesting. But um, uh, but in terms of tips for rehab, um, it's very hard to say because it's like or even general knee health. Yeah, the funny thing is, I've seen people. I hate when I see people wearing knee braces all the time i get like it, it nearly gives me a headache i'm just like oh no another bad knee and i see people doing those blast knee slides i've seen dozens of people injure themselves just like not not kind of not kind of taking care of it or not minding it i don't know uh, so first off in jiu-jitsu there's probably two major there's a couple of major things that you could do just to make sure your knees are less likely to get injured um be aware of positions like 50 50 and Anytime your knee gets twisted with your foot turning, like kind of like the rubber guard position, your foot's coming towards your face and your knee's turning away. That can happen from rubber guard, can happen from 50-50. Um, your, your lateral ligament, your LCL can can tear with that movement. Um, so just be careful. You really don't want to be resisting. It's the same, same one that people injure with the saddle entry as well. I think I did a video on that if you want to check that out. But yeah, for I've actually listening. hurt my knee with that exact thing in the saddle. Yeah, I had someone doing nasty. Like I taught a seminar on leg locks and someone was rolling me and they did that and then it just went like pop. And I was like, oh. No, it wasn't. My one wasn't bad, but it was still a warning. Like don't be triangling your legs in that position again because it's it was already, I was pulling my leg in and then they sprawled on it and I was like, oh, ouch. Well, I mean, I, I had um, surgery myself on both my LCLs when I was like 20, 18 and 21 uh, from wrestling. So like, having my knee low single knee got twisted outwards just like yeah so that's probably sent me for the future of probably arthritis but that's i'll deal with that when it when it comes but uh, (laughs) um yeah so there's there's that i'd say just like you know obviously like tapping to leg locks is, is pretty obvious positions like lockdown you get people try to like yank their leg out of a lockdown and that's a good way to to tear your acl so be careful of that and this is one that I think is good advice, um, which is just like deep knee flex, like sitting on your heels under load and and like kind of rotating and twisting under load like that is it's high stress on your meniscus. So for some people, maybe that's fine. But I think if you do that enough, there's you just need the one uh the one time that it like happens to get caught on your meniscus or tears and that begins like w- what is often becomes arthritis when you're older so it's hard because in jiu-jitsu it's, it's very beneficial to like sit on your heels and play from that position you're kind of hiding people from getting hooks and and i, I do it myself because i know it's good for um competition but i'm quite wary to not s- kind of scour my knees too much in that position it's a yeah, so a lot of it's just like awareness like that. Just general knee health. I think, I don't know, I always had a, I think like exercise is good for you. We know that. It's not like, it's not like just rest makes your knees really good. Like people who rest often get just as bad knees as people who exercise. Jiu-Jitsu is probably 
a little bit too far to the extreme on the other side. Like you, you're probably doing more wear and tear than is good. But you know, I think like things people who do things like cycling, just like gentle movement through range under load like that. I think that's generally quite good. So if you, if you can, you know, for, for your average knee, it's probably beneficial to add something like that in. It's almost like a superhero origin story of the guy who's training 20 years, hiding out in Australia, jiu-jitsu black belt. He has a PhD in physio specializing in knee injuries and then out of nowhere, medals at ADCC, <laughs> takes out three giants. But you, you, you couldn't write that yeah. stuff. <laughs> you couldn't write that stuff. Like, yeah. But how was the experience at ADCC? Because I was there. You had your wife, Livia, in the corner. The crowd was really going nuts. Like it was, the scenes were amazing. How were you feeling on the mat? Could you believe it? Did it feel, just take me through the feelings. It was, yeah, it was surreal. Like you, you've been around long, like I've been competing for a long time at, you know, at Black Belt and, you know, I'd had some okay performances, but never, never anything like that. It was, it was definitely like a, you would think if a light person was going to come through and, and have a performance like that, it was going to be someone who had like, you know, like a Marcelo Garcia who's like been dominating their division and then you're like, oh, I wonder how Marcelo is going to do in the in the open weight. So it's kind of, I think it's just like the odds of it actually happening <laughs> were so low. Um, but it just, I think it was just a combination of luck and and a strategy that kind of threw people off a bit, you know. Like I don't think I'm the, like I don't, I, I'm, I'm 100% sure that I'm not the third third best open weight no gear grappler in the world i can i can tell you that for sure but on that day <laughs> on that day i came third so you can't take that away from me yeah. and um, that's sport as well why did you even end up doing the absolute did you know after the last the day before that you wanted to try again the next day or i was leaning towards not doing it but i was at the same time because actually i think i was saying like I'd, I'd, I'd just everything was clicking in my training that last like six months i was just I was working that leg lock game and I, f I felt like I was rarely missing a training when I like when I'd go for the legs it would almost always stick and I felt like my wrestling was was going all right as well so I was like I felt like I was rolling so well and to, to have such a disappointing result I mean it was disappointing but I wasn't I was like okay but it's also Lucas Lepre like it's I wasn't exactly uh, the favorite to go in and win that match anyway but yeah I just I felt like I had more to show but at the same time, I was like, ah, oh, the, the open weight, they're all too big and it's probably just get injured. So I was, I was going to just leave it and we were just sitting at the bar and Moja Sim was there and he's like, oh, you're going to go in the open weight? And I was like, nah, I don't think so. And he's like, he's like, come on, you're more likely to get an invite for next time. And I was like, hmm, okay. But I was also thinking like, yeah, but if I lose, you're not going to give me an invite. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so, but anyway, I was like, oh, okay, if I'm more likely to get an invite, like, because um, I, I think I found out like after I won the Asia trials, which was like the last, that was like just stressful enough alone because you got one chance to get there. Really, We only had the one trials for, for Asia. They canceled the Kazakhstani one. Um, and I found out after that, they were like, oh, we were going to invite you. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I was like, oh, okay. Um, but um, that was like the last invite too. I think that was like, I was like, okay, like if I don't win these trials, I'm, I'm not even going to get to ADCC. So I was like, okay, if I can improve my chance of getting an invite for the next one, I should, I should enter. So, but I said, I think I said, but just don't give me someone big like Buchesha. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which I was glad and I didn't get, but I got kind of, yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, and how were your expectations going into that then? Like starting the absolute first match against Kynan, what's going through your mind and what are you expecting? Are you expecting that you're going to heel hook him? No, nah, I, I thought, I probably thought I was going to lose, but I, at the same time, in some ways it was, it, maybe it just, you know, maybe I was too, you could, you, I mean, we can, if all these ifs but maybe i was too hesitant in my own division like trying to find the right time or whatever and uh, i knew that i had pretty much one way to beat him and one way only and i knew that that was going to be by pulling guard being very aggressive with my open guard to not give him any like not let him get past the line of my knees and like keep playing that outside position and just like get to the legs get to 50 50 and that was the only way i could that's the only way I could see myself winning that match and get it happen. So <laughs> it was really crazy. Doing the same thing to Patrick Gaudio, your confidence must have been kind of going up and up. Did you think then Gordon's going to get it as well in the next round or what were your thoughts after that? I never thought, to be honest, I don't think in any of those matches I thought I was going to win. Um, uh, like as any of you would have said, like, are you going to win? I, was, I wouldn't have been like, yeah, for sure. You know, I, I just, <laughs> so I've got, I've got a chance to go for the legs. And, and it's the same with, with Gordon, you know, like uh, I knew that I'd been fight, fighting Gaudio. Like I saw that he was pretty tired um, from his, he had like a very hard match beforehand. So that, that gave me a bit of confidence. I was like, I, if I push the pace, he's going to get tired. Like, you know, obviously wanted to try and get it quick, but yeah, I, I thought that was promising that he was, he was tired. Um, Gordon, I obviously heard all the stories of how good he was in training from <laughs> from Craig so so I wasn't I wasn't exactly going in like oh I'm gonna you know beat him but at the same time like I thought the stuff I'd been working on was a bit different to at least what what I would expect him to have been to exposed to so it was a great exchange in that match yeah so I didn't get him so it wasn't as good (laughs) but but I but I but I thought I um yeah a lot of the stuff I'd been working like kind of happened and I was like geez okay so like it made me quite confident in the leg exchange, but at the same time, I knew that was my only, like I did like a little thing where, which I'd been working, which was kind of like dangling your foot where they try to take an outside heel hook. And it was like, I'm like, well, I'm not going to beat him any other way than a leg lock. So I have to take some risks and, and, and do things like this. And Getting the podium by beating Muhammad Ali then in the bronze match, the crowd really went nuts. Yeah, was How insane. was the feeling? Was there, was it satisfaction, excitement? disbelief yeah. what was going through your mind with it probably a bit of a bit of all of those um yeah to be honest it was just like it was amazing like kind of a lot of things coming together but just knowing how much how much i trained over the last not just in the lead up for that adcc but um just like you know pretty much for the last really the last 10 years had been like a somewhat of a full-time venture with yeah, and I'd probably I'd probably come to accept that I was probably never going to be a, at least I was like in my mind I was like I'm probably not going to be a world champion. Like that's in all likelihood that's not going to be the case. But to have a result like that, like just something to like solidify that. At the same time, I was quite you know I'd be I'd be quite would have been quite happy you know, with my career regardless of that. But just it's just nice. It was just like an, an a really nice thing to. That's really something that no one can take away from you, you know. That's yeah. Like- um, and I, and I was kind of aware of how much of a freak occurrence that was as well, you know, like the the 
that just shouldn't happen but it it had happened and there i was you know like running around running around with my arms in the air not knowing <laughs> what was going on <laughs> and in the preparation for that competition for adcc 2019 was there much work you did on like mental preparation or do you have different routines that you go through before the competition or would you be just more freestyle it no i don't have a good mental preparation strategy i've i've been asked that a few times and i I, every time someone does i'm like i probably should actually like you know because i I do feel I've, i've had plenty of fights before where i felt like i was kind of um slow and reactionary and then and then i've been like oh there's two minutes left i've got to i'm down you know i've got to win and then i'd start like doing my game that i that i and i'd be like i'd start winning and i'm catching up and i'm like sweep and i'm like but it's too late to to like actually consolidate and get back to good position to win and and that's even that had even happened before against some some pretty good opponents where i'd you know like been down and then like late in this in the match like fight really hard and be like oh actually if i had just done this at the start this this could have been a lot better so there probably is some yeah, some things I could do to... I've had similar experiences like that as well. And someone actually inspla- explained it to me that it's not like that it's mental consistency is one of the things you want. And I, and that kind of hit home for me that sometimes my mental state or the things I would be thinking about or my concentration levels will be up and down based on what competition. So it would be nice actually to kind of have set routines that you can kind of keep some mental consistency so i've been working a bit on that and hopefully for next adcc i'll i'll be a bit better because the last one was uh mentally all over the place so i kind of learned the learned the lesson the hard way it's definitely i'd, I'd like to i mean i think if you think about like the open weight maybe just by, by giving myself kind of that like okay i've got no choice but to like if i'm not aggressive at, at like just doing this i knew exactly what it was and i had like you know you can't like you can't let a a kind and like start to settle in on your legs and start to like pressure you, you know, like that, that, that's just going to be disastrous. So you have to just like, you know, go, go, go. And I think ideally I, I could bring that to any match I do. And so what would be some of your future goals then in regards coaching, competing and just your future in the sport? For my personal goals would, you know, I, I'll be back in ADCC twenty. 22 i guess it is um yeah, and, you'll definitely be getting the invite this time yeah i know thankfully um and yeah i i, I, I want to do well in my weight division i still don't know if people ask me if i'll do the open i don't know i, I still think it's dangerous yeah <laughs> like, i wonder how many injuries i've caused in people like going like oh yeah little guys do the open weight and they do really well and they've gone in and, um yeah uh, i want to do well in my weight division so let's let's see um We've had, um, it's been good actually. We've had, uh, Levi's been down in Melbourne. So we've had someone like my weight who's like top level, you know, he's, he's just getting into Nogi, but top level grappler. And it's just awesome, um, having someone my weight to, to work with like that and kind of try everything out on. Uh, so that's been really good. Uh, so that's for myself. That That's really the guy. I mean, I'll, I'll probably try and jump in a couple of matches in the lead up to that to get some my comp mentality back but i'm not i'm not that interested in just competing for the sake of it at the moment i kind of want i've got the eyes on that adcc and it's kind of skill development up until a few lead up comps and and then that for the team we've got the trial we've got the asia oceania trials in 
They're supposed to be in Singapore at the end of this year. I'm not sure if Australia will even be open to go, but if not, there's supposed to be trials in Melbourne as well early next year. So yeah, it would be awesome if we could take all five divisions, but <laughs> as a team. But I mean, maybe there's like we've got someone in each division, but a lot has to go right for for that to to happen. But we've got we've got in each division. I think we've got someone who's got a good shot at it. So yeah, and then obviously it would be awesome as a coach to take some of those guys into ADCC and even and even further than that if we could so well thanks a million for coming on the show Lachlan really appreciate it thanks so much Tom big thanks to Lachlan for coming on the show it was really interesting to hear him relive the performance of a lifetime that he put on at ADCC and I'm looking forward to seeing him back there at the next event as usual if you enjoy the podcast don't forget to subscribe and also share it with your friends that really helps the podcast grow so I appreciate it a lot we'll be back next week with another great guest until then Slánaga Spánacht Thank you.